Team sorting or team penning? Right off the top? Yeah. I mean, I team sort, but I really want to team pen. So sorting <laughs> is winning at the moment. Okay, good answer. <laughs> mountain views or ocean views? Oh, mountain views all the way. She's a Colorado girl. Yep. <laughs> now, you've been on the drill team. You're mm -hmm. on the Western Airs. Do you mm -hmm. like to be the inside of the pinwheel or the outside of the pinwheel? Oh, the outside's way more fun. It's <laughs> way faster. <laughs> Are you a wild rag person? Do you wear scarves or wild rags? Ooh, I don't really wear either. No? No. She's just warm. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Do you like country music? Yes. Cody Johnson or Aaron Watson? Ooh, Cody Johnson. Good choice. Are you a chapstick or lipstick person? Ooh, chapstick. Chapstick. <laughs> Purebred or half Arabians? Ooh, I might be in the half Arabian, half Arabian category. I really like the more cowbred Arabian, half Arabians. So, yeah. Totally. Do you like the AHYA convention or Youth Nationals better? Ooh, they are kind of one and the same, oh. but I would have to say AHYA convention. Do you like the Hippology contest or the judging contest better? Ooh, I'm definitely a judging contest kid all the way, but that's because mm. that's where I came from. Makes sense. Yep. And then country English pleasure or native costume? Ooh, I think I gotta go with the native costume. They're pretty yes. impressive when they're flying around that arena and you have all this material fly. Oh, it looks so cool. It's dreamy. It's dreamy. <laughs> it's dreamy. Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. Brenna Johnson is the Youth and Family Programs Coordinator for the Arabian Horse Association. She has been with AHA for six years and handles most things youth. From board meetings and delegates to water fights and stick horses, she has the know-how to help get youth involved in the breed and have an incredible time doing it. Today we have Brenna Johnson with us and we are really looking forward to getting to know her better as well as the Arabian Horse Association. Thank you so much for making the drive and coming over to Boulder to talk with us today. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. Well, let's jump right in, and I'd love to hear your own words of a synopsis of what your job is. What do you do for the Arabian Horse Association? So um, my title is that I'm the Youth and Family Programs Coordinator. Um, within that, um, you know, there's a lot of different hats I get to wear. So anything from marketing to advertising, fundraising, um, contests, fun activities, and I also work directly with, um, we have a youth board of directors. So Nice. Lots of fun stuff. Of what's, <laughs> what's your favorite part? Can I ask that? Oh, that's a good <laughs> question. Um, I think my favorite part is stuff that I get to do, like actually interacting with the youth. I think that's when I have the most fun and it's like the most, you know, exciting at the end because you actually get to see their expressions and their faces and that kind of stuff. I think you're in the right position. Yeah. <laughs> that's your favorite part. <laughs> well, what's a typical day in the life of Brenna? So I think a lot of things, it's different a lot of the time. So, um, you know, not every day is the same, which is nice. Um, I feel like our, you know, at an association, it kind of works in like a yearly cycle. So, you know, we don't have like daily activities, but we kind of have, you know, stuff that happens on a yearly basis that we kind of have to follow through. So, you know, a lot of answering emails and the classics, but then, uh, <laughs> you know, getting to work within like our marketing and national events team and, you know, brainstorming and planning. And, you know, the off season is a great time because we get to brainstorm and plan for the whole year. So like what activities do we we want to present throughout the year? What new fundraisers do we want to have? Um, 
just a lot of fun brainstorming. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, as we get closer to show season, it ends up being a lot more actually planning and executing events and shows and that kind of stuff. So definitely. So what's your season like? So just a typical calendar year. Yeah. So, um, so kind of our slow season is usually from December till probably March or April. And then we really start ramping up. We usually have some board meetings in March. Um, and then, you know, kind of the show season starts and our biggest event is Youth Nationals is our first big event in July. And then we have, um, we have five national shows. So we have Youth (laughs) Nationals in July in Oklahoma City. And then uh, August is Canadian Nationals in Manitoba. And then September is Sport Horse in Idaho this year. And then October, we have a distance nationals. So our endurance racing has their own nationals. And our U.S. nationals is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then we finish out the year with our annual convention in November. Very cool. Yeah. Do you get to attend all of them and kind of check them out? Yeah, I do. I usually attend almost all of them. The only one we don't usually send a lot of people to is Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, But the rest of the shows I'm usually at attending, doing events, all that kind of stuff. Do you have a favorite? (laughs) Um, I would say probably, I mean, youth nationals is always fun, um, because of course that's our youth focused show, you know, we get to have a little more fun at that show, you know, water fights and fun activities that go on. So that one's fun, but probably the most rewarding is probably our U.S. nationals. Um, we have an annual, we have a national judging contest and that's probably like the most rewarding show probably the most hectic and exhausting but I think that show is like the most prestigious you know it's you walk in and you just feel like you're at a different level you know of competition than all the others and going through the judging contest and getting to have all this great rewarding stuff at the end is a lot of fun absolutely (laughs) sounds fun yeah I need to go (laughs) (laughs) well tell us more let's start with about the Arabian Horse Association in general. So can you just give us more information and background for people who maybe aren't as familiar with what you do and who you are? Yeah, of course. So the Arabian Horse Association is in charge of um, tracking bloodlines and registrations for all Arabians and half Arabians. So we don't only do purebreds, but we also do a half Arabian is any, any horse that has one purebred parent. So as long as we can track the lineage on one of their parents, then um, we can register them as a half Arabian. So, um, that's cool. I bet yeah. a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And I think it's, a, it's pretty unique to our association where a lot of associations like, you know, quarter horses, it's straight quarter horses. So right. it's cool that we can do purebreds and half Arabians. Um, and it kind of opens up our versatility in that way because they can outbreed to, you know, our rainers like to outbreed to a lot of quarter horses, you know, our, um, our big trotting English horses outbreed to a lot of saddlebreds. Cool. So it's kind of cool in that sense that yeah. we, we get to do a lot. And then you even have our dressage horses that get to outbreed to, you know, any of those warm bloods that they can outbreed to. So we have a lot of successful half Arabian dressage horses too. Very cool. Yeah. That is so awesome. Well, tell us more about AHA's youth and family program. So your role, what is all encompassing in that? Yeah. So, um, so kind of what's all encompassing in our youth programs is, um, we have our own youth board of directors, so they get to make a lot of the decisions and, um, make changes that affect directly, you know, our youth members, which is kind of cool and a great leadership opportunity there. We do a lot of contests, um, and scholarships are available through us. So, 
we have a regional youth team tournament every year, so kids can join a team and um, then throughout the year earn points, and then at the end of the year we give like year-end awards for that team. So it kind of takes, you know, this very individual sport and provides a little bit of a team atmosphere within that sport, yeah. which is kind of cool. Um, and then, of course, we have our national shows um, and get to do a ton of fun stuff at our national shows from water fights to dances. And um, we have a youth convention every year. So, you know, all of our youth get to have a say in what's going on in the association and if they want to see any changes made. Nice. Um, so you know, they get to decide, like last year they decided on if they wanted to change how our age splits were, which oh. was kind of a cool thing for the youth to be able to be a part of, which is yeah, really it cool. Yeah, them. it yeah. directly affects them and they got to make the initial decision to cool. then bring it forth to the adults to Definitely. push through. But yeah, so that was really cool. And um, yeah, so that's kind of our youth programs and we do a lot of, um, you know, outreach kind of activities we try to promote and organize and, um, and fundraisers as well so that we can do all of our fun stuff. Sounds like there's lots of reasons to get involved. If you are a youth, there's lots of fun things going on, it sounds yeah. like. Um, how many, if you could give just like a ballpark number of how many kids are kind of fall under that umbrella of the youth? Um, so I think our membership is right around 2,000, a little over 2,000 nice. um, youth members every year. Those are the members that actually pay to have our membership, and then we try to reach out to others outside of that as well. So there's lots of kids, so they can meet fellow horse lovers, hang out, do fun activities, talk horses, talk yeah. not horses, yeah. <laughs> just sort of be together. Yeah. Is it? Um, would you say it's concentrated like in one part of the country or another, or is it pretty well spread out? I think we're pretty well spread out across the country. Um, you know, we have a couple pockets that might be super active. Um, you know, sure. we have a ton of Arabian horses in um, California, you know, Arizona, Texas, um, and a lot actually is in like Wisconsin area as well. Huh. So yeah, kind of a weird place, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so, but we definitely have clubs throughout the United States and Canada. So yeah, we have plenty of opportunities for people to get involved, find like-minded people and um, enjoy the Arabian horse with other people. So if I'm a youth and I have an Arabian and I wanna get involved, how do I do that? So I think the easiest way is, uh, I mean, you can get your youth membership. So that will allow you to um, be on our list to know what's going on in the association, what events are coming up, um, and then also getting online and seeing what clubs might be in your area. Because um, that's usually the best way to get involved directly with other members, um, is to get involved in a local club and see who's around or what local barns might be close to you. Um, and those local clubs are a great contact because they'll know, yeah. you know, the people in the local area. So that's usually the best way to get involved is get involved in a local club. Love it. Are there similar opportunities for adults who don't have Arabians but want to get involved or are there ways for them to kind of be engaged? For the adults, we do... I mean, there's plenty of to get into the showing areas. We do always need volunteers at our shows. And I think that's an awesome way, um, especially if you have kids that are involved and you want to also get involved, is start just volunteering at a show and seeing what's going on, how things work, um, and other volunteer at other club activities. You know, just get involved at a local barn, and you don't even have to own a horse to be part of a barn community. So I think that's really the best way for people to get involved in that sense. Is there a common myth that people might have about your position, maybe working for an association or what you do with the youth that we can bust? 
I think one of the big ones that I always get is I say that I work for an association and they're like, well, do you guys have a barn and horses at your office building? <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, but that doesn't mean that we're not involved and active in the equine industry. I think that's like a big misconception is that, you know, the equine industry is a lot of, everybody wants to be hands-on with the horses and there's so many more opportunities out there, you know, all these horse activities can't happen without people in offices doing the behind the scenes stuff to actually promote and, you know, make these activities available. You know, we wouldn't have anybody, we didn't have anybody in offices for breed associations. We wouldn't be able to have people tracking bloodlines or competition records or stuff like that. And every business still needs their accounting departments and their IT departments. So I think that's a big misconception is, you know, we work for an association, so no, we don't have immediate contact with horses, but, you know, we're still supporting that horse industry that we love and those people that do have the horses need us in order to do what they do. Absolutely. (laughs) I have a couple questions, a couple follow-up questions. Um, How many people are in your office? So we keep our employees, I think, are under 50. So we have a pretty small employee base. In That's more than much, I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I was we're, <laughs> we're, we're not too bad. Yeah. Um, and, we, and most people work out of our office that's located in Aurora, Denver nice. area. So Perfect. Well, and just because you're in the office, right, you still get to travel, like, what, 10 times a year, it sounds like, or between 6 to 10 times a year to go to these different shows where you are around the horses and you are the boots on the ground. So it's like the best of both worlds, right? It is. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's, uh, you know, when we actually get to go to shows and, you know, see all that hard work that we've done all year and it pays off and, you know, we allow these people, you know, I think some of the biggest joys that you know, those in our office get is when you see those people that just won their first set of roses and they're like crying and so excited. And it's just, it brings you so much happiness to see, you know, you made that possible because of all the work that you've done to get here. And I mean, they've had to work for it, but you've on the back end provided the opportunity for it to happen. The Arabian breed is there's so much history, right? Mm-hmm. And it's global. Yeah. So do you work with like international breed associations or anything like that or ever? Is there any so, you know, overlap? So we do, we don't directly. Mm-hmm. So um, the Arabians actually have a world horse organization. So we have breed registries throughout the world. Sure. Um, so we have a registrar who's in charge of all of our registrations, and she is highly involved with all of those other um, registrations. Um, but we do have a lot of horses that import and export in and out of our country. Yeah. Um, I don't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. So we have a lot that come from, you know, Saudi Arabia, of course. Sure. Um, actually, China's starting to try to get a big um, Arabian horse presence. So we're trying to help them set up their registry, and then um, they have a huge um, halter show that happens in Paris every year. So so we kind of have wow. a lot all over the place and we do have a lot of horses that come in and out of the country. Um, Interesting. And show here or show out of the country and that kind of stuff. All right, if you're sitting in your class right now and you're thinking, boy, I like international affairs and I like Arabians, I'm just saying. <laughs> there could be, there's an there's, opportunity there's somewhere. opportunities out there. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk more about you. I'd love to know what led you here. So how did you land this job and what was your journey leading up to this? So I went to school at Colorado State University. Um, Yeah, of course. And (laughs) I um, have a double major in equine science and agricultural business. 
Um, so after college, I was really set on that I was going to work at a dude ranch. Um, and I did for a summer Fun. and then decided that that wasn't for me. Sure. Um, and ended up moving back into town and working at a bank for two years. Why so, not? I mean, life takes you where it takes you. So I worked at a bank for a while and learned a lot. I think it was a really you know, educational experience, and then um, decided I wanted to get back into the agricultural industry and youth um, and took an internship for 4-H. Nice. So did that for a little bit and then (laughs) was a temporary employee at the um, National Western Stock Show Association and I was actually in the livestock department. Okay. So (laughs) kind of learned a whole different part of the agricultural industry. Yeah. Um, And then had, after that opportunity was ending, um, had an opportunity at the Arabian Horse Association, and I actually started in their registry and customer service department. Was there for a year and then moved into the youth programs. So it's kind of been a little bit of all over, but I think, you know, every experience you get throughout your life, I think, leads you to something and you learn something from every experience, so. Absolutely. I wouldn't wouldn't take any of it away. I would do it all over again. (laughs) It all builds up. That's right. That's awesome. And I love that you started um, at AHA and have grown into your position now. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's a sign of a good company, too, is when they're, like, they invest in their employees and they give you an opportunity for growth and, you know, different responsibilities into something that you were already passionate about. Like, you already loved working with the youth and it was a good natural fit. Yep. Was it obvious that this was the position you'd end up in? Like in your wildest dreams sitting, you know, maybe as a freshman in college, did you think, I'm, hey, I'm going to go work for the Arabian Horse Association? No, probably not. <laughs> I actually didn't even really know about the Arabian Horse Association. Um, I was on the collegiate judging team, and we went to the Arabian Horse Nationals judging contest. So that was like my first intro into um, the Arabian Horses in grew an appreciation for them and then was like, well, you know, their association's close in town. I might as well try and see what it's like. And it's cool that, you know, I went through that program and was able to judge at the contest and then now be able to run the contest. So that's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's kind of cool cool that way. Well, what is next for you? What are you hoping to learn next or experience next or try next? What's on the horizon? You know, I think you're always growing in any position and, um, you know, I think we're trying to do a lot of cool things um, in our association right now, especially with our youth. So just um, for me personally, I have never been the best fundraiser. (laughs) So like learning the art of fundraising is really on my list of things that I want to pursue and figure out like the nuances of really how to fundraise and how to do it well. Because I feel like there's so many times out there that people are always looking for how are we going to fund this next new fun thing. Um, So figuring out like the art of fundraising and how to promote it and how to, you know, really get people on board with uh, supporting Mm -hmm. what you're trying to accomplish. So that's one thing that I think I'm really trying to work on this year. Um, And then also just trying to figure out um, how to promote our membership or doing a membership drive. Um, cool. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm always dabbling in kind of a, a marketing advertising role a little bit in my position. Mm-hmm. And so always trying to increase my knowledge mm-hmm. of, you know, what is working in the industry and what's not. And, you know, how can you target different audiences and all of the technical side <laughs> of like that marketing kind of thing is definitely somewhere I'm trying to grow. It's hard. It is. And it's lifelong. And it's always changing. 
Yes. Constantly. <laughs> you, you get ahead of it or like, okay, I got this. This is working. And then it doesn't sudden, work anymore. Yeah. So I feel like that is a constant battle and a constant learning curve. Well, if someone's listening and they want to support AHA and they want to fundraise and help you, you know, on mm-hmm. your cause, how do they yeah. do that? Um, so definitely just reach out to, you can reach out to me directly um, at youth at arabianhorses.org. Um, and we're constantly looking for sponsors and help you know, providing great opportunities for our youth. Well, let's talk advice. I'm sure that you have some to give. (laughs) So let's start with, if you could turn back time and talk to your freshman college self, what's the advice you would give? Don't pass up opportunities and make as many connections as you can make. Mm -hmm. Because I really think, like, especially the equine industry, it's so much about your connections and who you know, good and bad. But um, I think those connections are what provide you more opportunities. And, you know, even even just within my job, like knowing trainers and owners and people that, um, you know, have a passion for youth that are showing in our industry, mm-hmm. it's come in handy for when, you know, we need, we need horses for the judging contest. Well, I'm not easily going to get those unless I've had that connection with people and they're, you know, willing to help us out. And I think, you know, growing those connections, I think is the biggest thing that I don't think I did enough of when I was in college. Sure. So, you know, now looking back, it's like those connections are what keeps us going and totally, yeah, definitely helps out. You know, you have people to pull for you when you really need something to happen. So for sure, I think just, just continuing to make those connections definitely is definitely my biggest my biggest advice that I would give (laughs) I feel the same way I look back now and I think gosh all those cool people were like right next to me like in college right like the professors and the opportunities and Uh I like I was too busy doing my own thing and I was like worried about getting A's and whatever and you know I wasn't in the zone so good advice yeah (laughs) all about who you know and who you can talk to and somebody knows more than you sure out there all the time so Always learn from whoever you're around. 100%. Yeah. Um, Never stop learning is really the biggest advice I have. I mean, I think the world's changing so quickly too. Even, I mean, when you come out of college, and I think we all do it. We all come out of college and we're ready to have a job and we think we know a lot. And then you start working and you realize that the people around you, like, don't take them for granted, I think is my biggest thing. Like those people that have been there at that job have something to teach you. So, you know, never stop learning and never stop looking to other people to learn from them. Even if it's, you know, sometimes it could be something that you're learning not to do, which is fine too, Mm -hmm. but you're always learning the good and the bad. What can you take away from talking to somebody that just improved you for your future? Great advice. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's talk about horses. That's what we want to talk about anyway. Oh, of course. Right? (laughs) Um, What horses do you have? I know you've got some. Who's standing in your pasture? Um, So I currently have three. I have a little half Arabian who's getting up there in age and I think getting retired, sadly. Um, And then I have two quarter horses, actually. So we do a lot of ranch sorting. Fun. Um, So I'm really into the chasing the cows. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) What's your most memorable moment with horses you can think of? Oh, I think one of my, one of the coolest things that I've gotten to do, I've gotten to do a couple, but I guess I'll give you two. So when I was nine years old through high school, I was on a drill team. Fun. Um, So, and we got to do 
We got to do a ton of cool performances. Um, we always performed at the National Western Stock Show and got to do, um, they have a lighted grand entry, so you ride in the dark with um, lights on you, um, which is a ton of fun. And then um, one of the most memorable ones that we got to do though is we got to um, kind of have a mini competition with Canadian Mounted Police. What? So um, they came down, they have a musical ride that they do, if you've ever seen it. They have the most precise um, drills in the world um, and this is kind of before you know this has been a little bit so before drill teams really got popular so um, the group that I used to ride with was called Westerners and they were considered the fastest precision mounted drill team in the world ah. so we kind of had a, uh, yeah, a little ride off with that so we got to watch <laughs> them ride and then they got to watch us ride too cool. so that was really fun and just uh, we got to talk to them and you know how how impressed they were with us yeah. and then how impressed we were with them was just it was it was fun so cool. yeah, it was really cool. So that was <laughs> one of my most memorable moments. And then um, I've also gotten to go to, I qualified one year for the um, ranch sorting championships um, down in Fort Worth. And um, just being able to go down to there, um, I think that was like the first real like world championship show I've ridden in and taken a horse to. You sure. know, I get to see them all the time with AHA, but yeah. actually taking a horse and riding in it is just, just a cool experience, mm. you know. No matter if you feel like, <laughs> you know, you're really going to have a chance or not, it's still cool to be down there yeah. and just have the experience and watch all the amazing riders cool. and learn from them. So, yeah. Have fun. Yeah. How did you do? Uh, not so great. <laughs> it was the but, cows. But it was all a chance. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. And it was a great learning experience. And just to see, like, you know, what caliber it takes to totally. to be able to hold your own down there. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. How fun. Yeah. Those are good memories. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk recommendations. Do you have a horse industry recommendation for us? So it can be anything horse related, whether it's media, entertainment, a product, an event, just something that you think our listeners would also like. So I'm really into the cow horse world. So I have been listening to um, the Range Cow Horses have a podcast out there called Full Contact. Fun. Um, and that one I've really been enjoying. They talk about kind of the history of the cow horse world and the trainers and how they've come up through the ranks. So nice. I really enjoy that. Um, some cool events that I've gotten to go to is probably uh, the Scottsdale show for our Arabian horses is probably one of the one of the coolest shows just um our members in general so and our u.s nationals would be the same way but you know when they move in all of their horses to events they set up the most amazing stall displays i have ever seen Ooh. i mean you're talking chandeliers and wow. water fountains and i mean that is probably one of the coolest things to see at yeah. one of our events and it's at us and at scottsdale but just that the cool setups that people do and it's just fun to walk through. How fun. Just, I want to go. It's just cool. It makes you feel real fancy. <laughs> real fancy. Yeah. <laughs> you have to send us pictures yes. of that. Yes, for sure. I bet there's some. That. Oh, oh they're so cool. Jaw droppers, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It takes them about a week to set up and wow. Yeah. It's, it, and it's amazing at the end of a show, how fast people can clean up. Well, do you have a non-horse recommendation? So outside of your horse life, something that you really love or you really enjoy that you think our listeners might also. Um, so I'm all about the podcast recently and, um, I listen to the rise podcast by Rachel Hollis uh, and it is great. It's a good one. She's, she's pretty amazing. She is. So she's just, 
so full of life all the time. Makes you feel like you can conquer the world. So she's she's pretty encouraging. You can. You can. So that's that's one of my favorites right now. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was so fun to get to know you and hear your journey and learn more about Arabian horses today. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for riding along. Know someone that would be great to interview? Have questions you'd like answered on the podcast? Send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at at Beyond the Saddle Podcast. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Beyond the Saddle is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.